Welcome to the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Jeff Owens is the WEIU-FM director at Eastern Illinois University, and Joe Gisandi is the author of Field Guide to Covering Sports. The Sports and Media Show is a sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports. Now, let's go to the show. Three, two, one. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Welcome to the Sports and Media Show for this week. We're a little later than usual, but... uh, we're glad to be back, Joe. Okay, uh, you know, this week's show, as we head into the Thanksgiving week, uh, a lot of little stuff going on in the world of sports, so uh, I'll let you go first. Well, um, we have a bunch of stuff. One, one question I have, I know you usually ask questions there, is like, we're talking about sports and it's Thanksgiving. What, what, what's one or two things in sports maybe that you're thankful for? Well, I'm just thankful for sports in general because it's such a great escape from the real life of, of, of you know, work and, you know, being, you know, being a family person. Sometimes you can just escape into sports. It's great that my kids love sports. We can watch sports together, play sports, or I can go watch them. So I think that's the number one thing I'm thankful for. And, uh, and, the, and the other thing is I think what sports does, it brings a lot of people together that like me and you for we have something in common uh, from different parts of the country but, but we can always talk sports and media and have a good time so I think that's really what I like about sports is that you can always just sit there and talk about whatever's going on how about you yeah I, I, I love the fact that you know my father and I until the day he died could talk about the Yankees I mean we had a great relationship but even if we didn't we always had the Yankees we could talk about my daughters it's uh you know, they played sports all their life. So while that's not the biggest part, it's one thing that we can talk about. Like I get to spend time with my daughters instead yeah. of it, I wasn't at cheerleading camps. I know nothing about that. <laughs> so I was at soccer and softball and all the things that they wanted to do. And, you know, that's that's something that, 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 that means a whole lot. That's pretty awesome. I, I also think that sports, sometimes we get out of control with how much we love sports. Oh, I, I, yeah. Like I, I'm sure you heard Tony Romo's talk this yeah. past week. And you know, it's I believe I was talking to one of your fellow uh, journalism professors here on the campus. Uh, um, oh gosh, I'm having a brain lock right now. The Packers fan. I'm, oh, Brian Brian Poulter. Brian Poulter. And I said, if Tony Romo, I think, will come out and say that he understands what's going on and he's going to take a back seat. And exactly what Tony Romo did is what I expected out of Tony Romo, a class kid, a guy who came out and basically said, hey, I get it, Dak Prescott's our best option at quarterback. I'm going to help him. He's got my back. I got his back. And I thought Tony Romo actually came out looking just golden like I was talking to Brian Polder about. Don't you think he looked golden? I, I do, but I'm also going to offer another point of view. But I, first of all, I agree. I think the fact of Thanksgiving and he was it was it was a really classy act. I think he said the right things, um, and, and I agree with you and Brian that you know that was you know something that he came out looking golden. And of course, he's one of our alums, so we're yeah. always rooting for him. Um, and, and this is a, a slight maybe comment on it is the fact that in his speech the first thing I think I thought about was he said it was soul crushing and he says this is a dark part in my life and I understand when you've devoted your entire life to that the thing I always wonder about or I'm concerned about I don't know how much you know you're thinking about this as well is that you know a dark spot in your life is if you're in poverty or if you've been you sexually cancer, abused yeah. or you're dying and, yeah, you're and, and I realize it's important in that context but I think sometimes we forget as fans to take it out of context. It's tougher for a guy like Tony because that's his life. Yeah, exactly. But as fans, I think sometimes we forget that it's not – it's supposed to be fun. It's not, you know, you don't make the team, you know, go on to something else in your life. Well, I was glad the fact that I looked at it is that he did care. I mean, you see so many you see so many athletes that seem like they don't care. Aaron Rodgers right now in Green Bay is kind of taking some, you know, really some, you know, 
you know, some criticism because it seems like he doesn't care, even though he says he cares. But, you know, he's, he's, he, there's stuff about him and his family not getting along. Former teammates, you know, really are coming out of, you know, you know anti-Aaron uh, Rodgers. So you see that happening so much where, you know, the, you wonder what's going on. You forget they have a personal life. Uh, and you right. forget some of the things and how they say it. And we need to sometimes realize what context, you know, the Tony Romo's and Aaron Rodgers put things in when they say things like that. So, you're, you know, I, agree, I understand. Yeah, because, I mean, in the light of all this, you know, in, in the media, I follow college media a whole lot, you know, for, for, for what I'm doing, and, and I know you do too. College papers over the last two weeks have uncovered some horrible parts of sports, which is, you know, the wrestling program at Columbia yeah. because of the things they were saying. And I, from what I can check, you know, there's like some people were saying it was racist, misogynistic. And then the week before that at Harvard, you had the men's soccer team doing Rating the women or something. Yes, yeah. doing scouting, sexual scouting reports on the women Two Ivy League schools. Right. And uh, the college media uncovered that, but you know, are, are we are we shocked? Are we surprised? You know, I don't think there's any shock anymore. I mean, there really isn't. You just when you when you turn on your phone or turn on the TV or computer radio in the morning, you just say, "Oh, what happened overnight?" You you just expect something horrible or something bad to happen, and then it doesn't really shock you as much as anything. I think Donald Trump getting elected was somewhat shocking, but we knew it was one of two, so it wasn't like it was like, oh, wow, that happened. It was just more like, wow, he won that, and he rather did it rather easily when most people thought it was going to be the other way around. So it, it's an interesting world that we, you know, with social media and everything being at our fingertips, it really has softened some of the shock, I believe. Yeah, because I got into sports probably like you do, is that I love the games, you know. I grew up watching the games, taking stats like a nerd on the games before yeah. the internet, and, and just loving the players and eating it all up. And, and sports is supposed to be fun, although it's nice to see some of these other spots, but it seems like there's an awful lot of dark, like you said. Yeah. What's going to happen today when we hey. click on the computer or yeah, our phone? You're exactly right. Uh, you know, the Tony Romo stuff. Uh, the other thing I was, you know, that got a lot of play this week was Tom Brady did the uh, the new Foot Locker commercial where he kind of made, you know, in light of the deflate gate. And I, you know, I'm not a big Tom Brady fan, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to the, the listening audience out there. Uh, the, the spot was well done. Uh, and I just wonder how it was perceived at the NFL headquarters with Mr. Goodell. I think the way it was presented, which is pretty much here's a middle finger to you, Roger Goodell, and anybody else who attacked me for what I allegedly did, or at least what the NFL believes it has done, don't you think? I agree 100%. You know, again, I think Roger Goodell and Tom Brady both came out of this looking worse. Both of them came out looking worse for the wear, in my opinion. And Goodell probably came out looking worse. uh, But as me as a Steelers fan and an anti-Brady fan, I was glad he was suspended. But now it's like it doesn't matter. They're still going to be right there in 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 the end. But it's really funny how, you know, the, the NFL, the Foot Locker has done that twice in a row now. They did it with D'Angelo Russell last year with the cell phone incident, and now they came back with Tom Brady uh, and <coughs> with this deflate gate one. So uh, I, I, I thought the piece though was hysterically funny. Yeah, it was good, but it was also, you know, if you know anything about it, which most fans do, you're going, "Wow, Brady's pissed." Oh yeah, you know, there's no doubt. <laughs> I don't about know that. how much of that was acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was acting. You, <laughs> Uh, the other thing that came a little bit under fire recently was the uh, Cy Young Award winner, uh, Cy Young voting in the American League, where they gave it to the pitcher from the Red Sox, Porcello, instead of Verlander. And really where the media came into play is that two writers in Tampa Bay didn't even have Verlander 
on their ballot. And I think that was what really made some people mad. Your thoughts on that? Well, the thing I thought was most interesting, I, I worked down in Florida, so I've, I've come across both of the writers who didn't. You know, you have Fred Goodall, who's the AP writer, who is a tireless worker and, and an excellent journalist, uh, did not. And Duke Chastain, who I don't know really too much, but I've come across him here and there. Both Tampa Bay writers kept him off the ballot. So I thought that was odd. I don't know if they, I don't think there's any conspiracy or anything like that. But um, in this day of, of, of sabermetrics and advanced, you know, metrics, you know, who should be the winner? You know, it used to be if you had the most wins. Remember yeah, yeah. several years ago, Felix, you know, Hernandez won with a 13-12 and 12 record. Uh, and now it seems like people go and counter that because Procello, I think, went, what, 22-4? and four, And Verlander was, I think, 16-9? and nine. Yeah. Um, If you're looking at the records, Procello absolutely deserves to it. Yeah. But on the other hand... Verlander got twice as many first-place votes, exactly. but all the second place went to Porcello, right? Yeah, exa- you're exactly right. And then a couple people left him off. And even if they would have left him off, probably wouldn't have made a big difference unless they were both number, you know, both out of at first. But it was just really odd that that came under fire. And then they, for sure, the Boston, you know, Boston kind of got that win. And then the, the MVP voting came out, and everybody thought Mookie Betts was going to run away with the American right. League uh, MVP. And then Mike Trout got it on a team that didn't make the playoffs. So. Really weird how the baseball writers have uh, come up with some of their, you know, winners this past winter. I don't know if it's good or bad nor indifferent, but they've always kind of got that bad rap over the years as just a bunch of old guys who, you know, aren't really paying attention. And, and that's kind of come to the forefront again. Well, and, and it's funny because, I mean, Fred Goodall does cover some for the AP, and, and Chastain, from my understanding, is that Mark Tompkins, I think, is the, is the main columnist. But, um, it, there's this big divide right now between you see in baseball is the sabermetrics or not, and it seems like the sabermetrics group has taken control. We've seen Theo Epstein yeah. with two teams and all the others and, and the Indians, but um, I don't know. I just always feel kind of uncomfortable having writers vote for these, but it is the writers' award. Yeah, that's what people forget. You so know, it is, it is and um, I just. I think Trout got it because he's been runner-up so many different times, don't you think? I, mean, I think there's a possibility there, and I think people don't want to look back at 20 years from now and saying, how did Trout not get any when he was maybe the best player in baseball, even though he's on a, you know, a team that really hasn't done much uh, the last few years uh, you know, out there in Anaheim, California, L.A., whatever they're calling themselves. Right, the Los Angeles yeah. Angels of Anaheim, of there California you. County, eventually, I don't know. There you go. Uh, one, other, one thing I thought was most interesting and maybe the most hysterical for me was, and, and was Kate Epton. His, his girlfriend's yeah. response, which we can't say over yeah. the air right now. But the thing that I thought was interesting was it was both you heard the anger in it, and at the same time, it was really creative and funny at the same time. But all the online websites put it there, whereas none of the print can, really, yeah. or yeah. should they? But but why is it okay on the Internet but not in a print publication? That's a big debate, really, in journalism. I think that the print people think they are – not think. They are more highly regarded and think of themselves more as journalists, where the online is kind of just like the the Wild West still. There's no control, and you can you can click on some websites you think that are good, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can't believe they put that picture or that, or they'll use the language uh, that most people would think is, is not appropriate. And, again, if it – if a child or somebody can get to it, you got to be careful. That's I think how we always tell people here at our at our facility, and it's the same way. But you know, I think that's where that 
those rules apply. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Oh, yeah, well, possibly. There you I, go. I agree with you. Uh, well said. College football ratings are up, but the, neat, the, the weird thing about college football right now is, really, other than Alabama, the college football bowl, who's going to go to the Final Four, is just up in air, which is good and bad because there is going to be all kinds of discussion the next three weeks about who's going to be the Final Four in college football. Alabama, I think, is a lock no matter what happens, unless they would just free fall, but I don't think they would. So the other three that get in is going to be fun the next few weeks for those college football fans out there yeah it's um i've i don't know i've never been a big poll guy i just i just loathe the poll system i hate the current playoff system i think we should be why is division one football the only sport in the ncaa that doesn't have a full championship it's the only sport in any division that doesn't have it we've went from two to four which i think is great but i think you have to go at least eight i, I think more than that if you're between eight and nine, who cares? But don't you think eight would be a lot more interesting? I think eight, eight would be more interesting. It would make it would probably get a, a more true champion, uh, somebody that's you know I think in that way. I think it's just a matter of time before it goes there. Mostly after a year like this, because you're going to have Alabama, and then you're going to have five or six teams that all think they should get two, three, and four. Right. And it's going to be two or three teams are going to be really, really mad when they don't get in. And uh, whoever that is, that's you're going to see that. Oh, we got to go to eight, or they could even go to six and give one and two a buy. Sure, they could. That um, would be and, and go that way. Uh, I could see that happen, and then maybe go to eight. Um, the other thing is, why not? I, this is somebody had this analogy too. Why not if you know that there's six great teams, or there's four great teams, or there's eight great teams. On, no, on December 10th, when you know it, you still have a month before you play the games. Figure it out then, and just go with what is the consensus. We've got four, six, or eight in it, and play it out. You've got plenty of bowl games that you can you can tier these teams into, correct? Oh, sure. I mean, a lot of times we always want everything to be segmented and rules, and everything's got to be done one way, but why not have a little little free form there? I, I think that could be a good idea, except I think the TV networks, I don't think they oh, I don't think they can pivot as quickly as, as most of us can yeah, to like sell it. it's kind of like the World Series has to be decided right. in July where the home team is. Oh, no, right, exactly. Yeah, that, that's I've ridiculous. One, it's it's a one game difference, an exhibition game yeah. that doesn't even, and some of the players in there are never going to have a shot at being in that game. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but you know, coming back to the college football playoff, you know, if you only had four teams, and we're saying give it to Alabama right now because they're clearly the the class of the league. Well, what what that takes out of sports is something we love, which is wild cards winning championships. Yeah. Whether it's the Cardinals or the Yankees or whomever, or the Giants and, and the Patriots, they were undefeated that year and they get knocked off. Or the Steelers when we were the sixth seed. That That's one year. right. There you go. I can't forget the Steelers, <laughs> and, and they could you know slip in maybe that way this year. But I love the wild card yeah. aspect. You know, we don't. I mean, it's, the hockey and basketball probably have way too many teams in the playoffs right yeah. now. Where you lose interest the first few rounds. But eight teams, I think, is, is, is tolerable, and the ratings would continue to be unbelievable. In a day where sports is getting lower and lower ratings in somewhere, don't you think that would be cr- amazing? And college football is on its way up, and where national, the NFL right. ratings have kind of plateaued and are on the way down. Uh, so it, it might be time. I, I believe it will happen here in the next uh, couple of years. Um, I, I know. I think our first show we said that we would never think we would see the day that DraftKings and FanDuel would merge. And they are working on a merger uh, here just uh, 10 weeks later. Yeah, well, I guess uh, who would bet on that? (laughs) You know, uh, horrible pun. I know it. There you go. Uh, But, yeah, I I think it's almost lost some interest, though, too, don't you? I I mean, I've never been hanging around with a lot of guys that are gambling to that level. Yeah. But – I think they've probably got their core audience, and it's kind of like the UFC. I don't think it'll ever really grow into where it's – 
my dad and your dad and everybody else is, is going to be like it's another major sport, but they, they've got what they have, and they're going to continue to cater to it and make money. And I mean, sure. obviously, UFC did good this week. I mean, they went to uh, Madison Square Garden last week and had a sellout and great they ratings did. and all that stuff. So uh, kudos to them. Absolutely of no interest to me at all. Yeah, I've been a long-time boxing fan, but I have not had even boxing interest over the last decade or so. I used to be huge in it, but you know, UFC, I even have less interest. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me at all. Sorry for those folks out there who love it. Uh, let's uh, For a couple minutes, let's switch gears out of sports and media and go to our favorite television show, The Walking Dead. 90 minutes this past week of the episode. Uh, it was season, uh, uh, episode four of this new season. Uh, your thoughts? Um... It's. I, th- I think part of it is it, it's, it is going slow. I would say it's a snooze fest, but um, you're a lot nicer than I am. Um, I, I thought last week they made it 90 minutes instead of 60. My wife even went, oh, the show's about over. I said, no, it's 90 minutes. But she didn't say it with the same enthusiasm you know, when we were talking about well, it. Well, nothing happens. Nothing. It was, I think the whole show was really to build up how horrible Negan is. And I mean, it's like every show is let's make something worse against them, worse so that maybe the payoff at the end is worth more in the spring. I would assume I didn't so, but everybody much. knows what the payoff's going to be. It's going to be that, you know, if this show wants to succeed, Negan has to go. So we know he's going to go at some time. Why they think that I, I know it's television and they got to have uh, you got to have so many episodes and all this stuff. But to me, they've really they've almost lost me as a viewer, to be honest with you. I, 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 I'm just bored to death with it. Even my kids are saying, is anything ever going to happen? There's no zombies anymore. I mean, there's usually, you know, they don't even really have any. Any uh, sequences there? It's all about the you know they spent twenty minutes looking for a gun. I, I, to me, I, I was bored. I'm with sorry. no bullets. Yeah, so I, ugh. it needs to really ramp up the next couple episodes. Something has to happen. Yeah, I'm pretty disappointed right now because you, uh, yeah. I, I I got hooked on it the same way you did, which was action. Every could, single show, someone was going to die. Every couple of shows, and something and, great happened. And something, yeah, somebody had a challenge. They they they, yeah. they went into it and usually it was resolved. And I mean and no offense, but I understand not, not to you, but to the show is Rick has always been a fighter and a, and and a, and a warrior. And now out of nowhere, he's just turned into this this crying wimp. It's it's it, it makes no sense to me. Uh, the other thing I saw online and that, that people are thinking that somehow. Daryl and Rick were talking to each other subliminally or through Morse code with their eyes. They have ESP now? Uh, something. I don't know. But uh, there's all kinds of things going on. But, yeah, I, I think two more episodes, and then I may just say, you know what? Uh, somebody can else tell me what, what's going on. Yeah, I can't, I can't help myself. I'll be watching everyone. Um, <laughs> but, but I just won't have the same excitement leading up to the shows at this point. I'm hoping something will happen. I think they... You know, it seems like inevitably there's going to be a fight with King Ezekiel, and maybe this group's going to partner up, and then they're going to fight Negan, and you know. But again, I I liked when they were going to different areas and learning. I, yeah. I I've never liked the shows where they're stuck like in that prison that yeah. one time. I liked when they were traveling along. I think that's what most people do. Because like. you keep traveling and meeting new people, Meet right? New people, and you have the battles with the you know, with the dead, and you and you just the show has some you know, some flow to it. Now it's just like you just you're just waiting around, and realizing that the only thing they're going to do this is nothing, uh, you know. And, and I mean, when a, when the show basically, and I hope the people you know is basically 
a lot of talking about whether they or not they were Negan was going to kill Olivia was thirty to forty minutes of the show, and she's a minor bit character. I know. I know. So all right, sorry about that. We don't mean to depress you as we head into Thanksgiving about our, <laughs> our Walking Dead recap, but yes, that's the yes. one for this week. Um, uh, Thanksgiving games. There's three games on Sunday. I mean, on Thursday for Thanksgiving. Uh, do, do you do you eat around the games, or do you eat during the first game? Or how, how does your family do it? Well, I, I I am in a family with two daughters who hate football. Well, one who sort of likes it and one that doesn't like it. My wife sort of likes it here and there for for it. So I, I'm alone. Unless I have family or friends coming over, I usually don't watch those games. Uh, historically, I've liked the Lions game more. Um, I'm not a Cowboys fan, so unless I, I you know I'm always rooting against the Cowboys in the afternoon <laughs> if they are playing. Uh, and yeah, that's they, a, the Lions. It's just like it's. Li- I mean, growing up, you know, is it Lions Vikings first game? I don't, I think it is. Yeah, I think I, it is. I know Steelers Colts are the night game that game that week. That, week. that would be a little bit more of an interesting game, but still, I don't know. I've just football. Just there's not the names. The things we've been talking about has not been drawing me in. I'm actually more interested Thanksgiving weekend for the college games. You yeah, know, living in Florida. Game. Florida, Florida State. That's a yeah. huge game, and I still love that. And I love the Iron Bowl, Auburn, yep. Alabama. Yep. There's some good games coming. Now, the weird thing about we're, we're, we're actually taping this on Friday morning after the Saints-Carolina Thursday game. Did you see the photos or, or the video of Luke Keekley getting, getting carted off last night? No, I did not. Oh, wow. you got to check this out. Uh, Luke Keekley is the linebacker from Carolina, if you haven't heard it. One of the best linebackers in the game. And he yes. got hit late in the game. And when he was getting carted off, he had the look in his eyes. Of, I'm, it, it's, it's sad, scary. And you just didn't know what to think. He was hyperventilating, crying, and he's in concussion protocol right now. But it was one of those videos that was hard to watch. And I'm sure the NFL was like, oh, Lord, with all the stuff that's been going on, this is not what we needed. So if you get a chance, check that out. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on it uh, during our next podcast here on the Sports and Media Show. But it was pretty frightening, yeah. uh, the video of him doing that. Th- that's the reason that there's no matter what the NFL does, with these commercials they're having about, yeah, you've probably seen maybe one of them about the, the, the – uh, the team physician and yeah. all the protocols they have, you can do those all as much as you want. But these kids are getting hit, and not having the same protocol as the high school level, not as much as at the college level. And plus, you can have a hit like like Luke had. There you go, exactly. All right, let's. Uh, you know, I'm going to ask you a few questions, Joe. If you don't care, then we'll, we'll wrap this up. Unless you have I, any, I just had one, one more thing. All right, go ahead. Just one thing is that maybe we can talk more about it next week. Is the whole idea of language and Phil Phil Jackson using the word posse? Yeah. Um, I think that it's gotten way overblown. I think it's a pseudo sports event. I don't think you know ESPN piled. Uh, several really good people like Jamel Hill, and they all talked about it on TV for about 15 minutes. And I thought, this is not a story. What did you think? I, to me, I don't think I don't associate posse with anything other than a, it's a, a cowboy term. To me, it's like a, you're going to the posse's going out and looking for the bad guy. It's got all kinds of it. It's got that one I mean, growing up. There's also the one a reference that you know African Americans have used to the people they hang around with. It could, I mean, it means several different things. But it's still a group of people. It's still right? a group of people going to do something typically. Yeah, and so I, yeah, again, some people are just there. You know, they, they need to relax. Everything is not racism, and everything isn't great either. Uh, but you know, it's like we in a free country that you know you're you got to be careful that we. You, we don't want to just categorize a bunch of words as being bad, you know, right? and then we can't ever use them again because a certain group doesn't like that word, you know. We need to get over that. Yeah, there's certain words that are certainly coded yeah. and that... Uh, no, I'm I, glad I, the R word is going away and, you know, and I, the retard word, you know. Right, right. You know, I, I think that's a word that does need to go away. There's, there's several that are. You're yeah. absolutely there's right. There's obviously more, more harsh words that need to go away. Oh, I agree. But... Posse, I don't see as being a word that I think denigrates anybody, but you know. I, I was most disappointed how much play it was get. It's been getting yeah. on the TV shows, but 
like 24-hour news, you got 24-hour sports, they're trying to fill it, and then suddenly it becomes an issue when it's really not because they need some time to well, fill. And think about how many shows ESPN has now that are talk shows, and they have to have subject matter. I mean, we do this show once a week, and sometimes it's we think, oh, my God, how are we going to fill 20 to 25 minutes? They're doing that on a daily basis, so I get that part of it, but, again, sometimes it makes me sick, and sure. I don't watch. Maybe that's why we're down. All right. Fire best, away. Best sports venue you've covered a game at? Best sports venue I've covered a game at? Um, I don't know if we'll cover. My favorite sports venue is AT&T Park in, in San Francisco. By far the most beautiful park I've ever been around. Your favorite sport to cover you, as um, a journalist? My favorite sport to cover, I'm sort of torn on a couple. Okay. I love baseball. I love the pace of it. I love the things you can do writing it. But I also love track and field. There's oh, like I would have not have guessed one that. One of those. I, I, I ran a little bit in high school and, and ran for a year in college for cross country. It's I just love that there's 16 different games going on in one venue, and you can just focus on different ones. As a reporter, it's great because you can look at yeah. all these, but I just I could eat up. If they had, it was a professional track and field, I, I, would, I would watch it. i there's not. Sports writer that you have to read weekly. Was that Sports writer, gosh, there's, 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 there's several that I, I really love. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for uh, um, breaking news and stuff, I, you know, for baseball, I love a, a, a Buster Only and, and, and a Kirkchin. Um, I love writers that don't read write every week, but they're really good. You know, you got Wright Thompson, who's just a, a beautiful writer. Used to be uh, Gary Smith at SI used oh, to be yeah. in there. He, those are two of my favorites. But gosh, I'm. I bet I've got dozens <laughs> that I could. Is there a sports book you're looking out? You're looking to get for Christmas? Something that's coming out soon? Actually, the book I, I should be getting it sometime this week is the one that Tom Brew wrote about the basketball player in Indiana that we talked about a okay. few weeks right. ago. Oh yeah, he's, he's he's a friend of mine, and and uh, I just I just purchased it, so I'm really looking forward to that. How about you? Is there any? A sports book? I haven't really. You know, there's a lot of them. I've been. I, I kind of want to read the Joe Buck book. Uh, there's, so he's been making the airwaves. Yeah, he, was a on lot. Her, he was on Howard Stern the other day, actually doing an interview, and he and, says the hair plugs is overblown. Yeah, that's all. So the, the, that's one I think. But you know, <laughs> not that I, I. I don't have to have that one. You know, so let's have to go. Um, what about a fee? Okay, this will be my last question because we're, we're running a little bit long. Female athlete. Is there a female athlete that's been your that you just love that you you, you just love to watch over the years? Because I know we're guys. A lot of times we kind of gear towards get male athleticism. But is that one female you say, "Wow, I, got, I love to watch her"? Watch and play. Um, probably a, a multiple players from um, from the U.S. Women's National Team. You know, you have you have several. Abby Wambach has, was was a very special player. The things that she did, I mean, that header she had in the, uh, I forget if it was the Olympics or if it was the World Cup where she, she puts a header in there towards the end of the game. She's a very special athlete. I could, I was always, my eyes were peeled on her whenever she was playing. Okay. Um, any for you? You know, the one, the women's team that's kind of garnered my attention at the end of every year is the UConn women's basketball because oh, they yeah. are just so dominant. And Gino Ariyama, love him or hate him, Gets it done, and they've won like seventy-eight games in a row. And you, at the end of the year, you you kind of do watch that NCAA game just to see if they're going to win it again. Yeah, I, I I enjoy. I've covered almost as many women's sports I think through my life as men, and and I've I've enjoyed both of them. Last night, my class covered the EIU women's basketball game. That um, uh, this, uh, Debbie's got that team rolling this year compared to last year. She's really turned around. I we, I very much enjoyed that too. There you go. 
All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Joe, next week is uh, Thanksgiving week, so we're probably going to be back in a couple of weeks here. Right. So just keep checking the website for the new shows. I'm Joe. He's Jeff. Or I'm Jeff. He's Joe. <laughs> Have a good Thanksgiving. You too, everybody. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed the sports media show with Jeff and Joe. Check back weekly for the next show. This is the sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports.